the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives, sponsored by RC Auto, me and myrc.com. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Rescuers Radio Show on Faith Talk 1360 Salem Broadcasting. And my guest this morning, very happy to have Ken Brissa here. Ken is the CEO of the Phoenix Rescue Mission. Good morning. Or hello. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for having me. The programs air at 530 in the evening, so we're uh, it's all taken care of. So um, I want to start off, Ken, by talking to you about your journey to Phoenix. Started in Chicagoland, as you put it. It did. Uh, my wife and I, our family, were born and raised uh, in the Chicagoland area. And we always loved Arizona. Whenever we had an opportunity to travel here, we really loved being here. And we knew that one day the retirement plan would either be to take us to Arizona. Tell or me you Florida. didn't come in the summertime. We did not. <laughs> it was, you're right. It's it was mostly yeah. in the fall. Look at this. But when the choice is Phoenix in the summer and the heat we have, or winter in Chicago and the winter they have, I will take summer in Phoenix. You don't shovel snow, right? That is exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I uh, I love it here, I, and I'm a I'm actually a hot weather guy. I, I I'll take the heat any day, and I'm, I'm not with a, you. I'm not out running around at 110, but but I'll take the heat. So um, in between your time here in 2006 and now in um 2020 what what took place well my my career was predominantly corporate until i moved to arizona um in fact it was mostly in manufacturing and in quality assurance oh. which is all about process improvement and is it as, a phoenix corporation or no this is when i was okay. living in, in illinois okay and so we moved to Arizona in 2006, and just about that time, not long before that, uh, one of my favorite performers, um, a performing duo, is a group called Lowen and Navarro, and Eric, Eric Lowen, one of the two members of the group, was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. Oh. I had no idea what that was. Of yeah. course, I had heard of it. I knew it was named after a famous baseball player. He passed from it. But being a fan of Eric's and seeing things on the web and going to concerts, I could see how quickly his disease progressed. And it was about two weeks before we moved to Arizona. We were at a concert in Chicago. He was performing in a wheelchair and kept talking about the ALS Association and all of the great work they did. And if it weren't for them, he would not be able to continue to tour. And I turned to my wife in that moment and I whispered, that would be a cool job. Yeah. 
So fast forward, we move, we move to Arizona. I see that the ALS Association is looking for an executive director. So I <laughs> called the office. Coincidence, right? Coincidence, right. <laughs> no coincidences, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was connected with the board chair at the time, met a couple of other board members, and that's how I started my career in nonprofit. So I've been in nonprofit ever since. My wife and I, unfortunately, have lost three really good friends oh. to ALS. Uh, one of them was my colleague when I was CEO of the State Broadcast Association. He was the uh, ran the Broadcast Association in Oklahoma. Oh. And another one was here, Russell Wolf. You may have heard of Russell. I don't know, but he was the starter of Pure Flix Entertainment. Oh, he mm. was the he was the right at the front end and creator of, and then some other CEOs stepped in and took it to work. I absolutely now. have heard his story. Yeah. And the other one was uh, Paul Eppinger, who um, started an interfaith program here in the in Arizona, and um, and all three of them, it was the same t- kind. It was two years, boom. It's an insidious yeah. disease. Yeah, it is. So you were uh, CEO there. I was. And then does that move right up to Phoenix Rescue Mission? No, I had a couple of stops in between. <laughs> I then joined J- JDRF, which uh, used to stand for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Oh, yeah. So JDRF is the, the world's largest type 1 diabetes research organization. So I was with them for quite a while. Went to a nonprofit uh, based out of California called Mind Research Institute. And it was a different kind of nonprofit, not healthcare related, but it was all about education. And then um, eventually went to Pancreatic Cancer, uh, March of Dimes most recently. And my wife happened to see, just happened to see the job posting for the CEO at Phoenix Rescue Mission. And she sent it to me. And I, she only glanced at it. When I read it, top to bottom, I, when I talked to her that night, I said, did you read that job description? And she said, no, I just saw it was CEO, faith-based organization. And I said, there is something about this job description that's really speaking to me. And some six, seven weeks later, I joined the Phoenix Rescue Mission. Wow. Well, I, I, I remember when they were going through the search and, and all of that. And uh, well, I, uh, God's Leadership, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, and I think back yeah. to so many things that happened in my life that at the time maybe even seemed yeah. inconsequential, but they all led to this moment. Yeah. We can never see what he has ahead. We always look back and say, oh. <laughs> now, now I get it. Now I get it. Yeah. So, um, and that can be good or bad, I guess. I don't That's know. True. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did you do that when I wanted you over here? Um, so you came on board at Phoenix Rescue Mission only weeks before COVID. I did. I joined Phoenix Rescue Mission in early February, and I think it it was about a month later when we had our very first meeting that had anything to do uh, with COVID-19 or or changing something because of the pandemic. And I'll never forget that meeting. We were talking about whether or not to hold our Arise breakfast, which was going to happen later in March. And during the meeting, our phones kept going off, and we saw that the NBA canceled its season and Major League Baseball canceled spring training. And within 20 minutes of starting the meeting, we knew that the decision was made for us. We, I don't think any of us had a sense of how this would snowball. But the entire time, I will say that the team, the staff, and the board members at Phoenix Rescue Mission have, thanks to the grace of God, been one step ahead. We've been very, very effective in planning for 
things that are COVID related. And, um, and again, praise to God, we haven't been surprised by anything that we didn't have some kind of a plan for. Ken, I'd like for you to do an overview of Phoenix Rescue Mission. Not everyone in our audience is familiar with that. They probably, is, is it a place where people are just lined up waiting for a meal outside and a shower tonight? Uh, exactly what is Phoenix Rescue, Rescue Mission? Phoenix Rescue Mission is a faith-based nonprofit organization based here in the Valley. And we serve the homeless, the addicted, and the hurting, and the hungry. And we are not a typical traditional homeless organization where people line up at night, they get a bed and a meal for the night, they leave the next day. We have two centers, a men's center and a women's center, that that serve as a recovery center. And so whether you're struggling with addiction, with homelessness, with trauma of, of any kind, we're there for you. And it's a, it's a residence program. And we exist to help people not only find their way back to a highly functional life, but find their way back to God. So, uh, and it's men's and women we programs. Do. We have a men's center and a women's center. And quite, uh, I mean, it's, it's taken some time to build out the infrastructure, but it's it's a powerful infrastructure that you have on two campuses. It absolutely is. We, in the women's center right now, we're housing about 130. 30, about 120 women. Our census is down in the men's center, but that's because we had to close both centers during the pandemic. We've slowly started to reopen the centers to intake. So we are again, very slowly taking people. When you say shut down, so you had no guests during that time? We we had no guests and we were not accepting new clients at that time. Our number one priority was to keep the clients in the centers safe. In fact, our center directors have commented often about how this, the campuses have never been so healthy. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- what a what a wild thing to think yeah. about during a, a pandemic. But it's any combination of heightened yeah. sanitation and cleaning and the fact that we're not bringing people onto the campus. So we did suspend guests. We suspended volunteering on the campus, and we suspended intakes. And that led to us keeping the campus so healthy. Isn't that one of the great lessons from COVID that we're seeing right now? Because uh, we lived in a world and took everything for granted and and didn't worry about, you know, not that we never washed our hands, but but not to this level of being sanitized and with masks and, and distancing and all of that. Um, we see reports where because of the lack of traffic, even in L.A. and I'm sure Chicago, right. the air is cleaner. Much cleaner. <laughs> there's a there's a benefit here, but but I don't know where all this goes in the future, but it's probably right back again where it was. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I, I hope, I, I hope yeah. the great majority of us learn something from yeah, this. I know. So, um, so in institutions like uh, Phoenix Rescue Mission are, are going through this re- uh, reopening mm-hmm. process that's going to be very slow, I have a hunch, right? It will be. It will be slow. Uh, we're reopening, but uh, one word that we find ourselves using a lot is we're reimagining a lot of what we oh, do. Nice. In addition to our centers, we have a food bank called Hope for Hunger. We operate our food bank differently. It used to be that people would arrive, they would enter the food bank with a cart, volunteers would put groceries in their cart, and then they would bring the groceries out. We have since turned it into a drive-up food bank where people drive into the parking lot, 
they find a predetermined parking spot, and someone brings the groceries out to them. So we've, okay. we've had to reinvent sure. how we do so many things that we offer to the community. Yeah. Ken, I'm going to take a 60-second break here for our sponsor of the program, RC Auto. One of my greatest joys in life has been obtaining a vehicle from RC Auto. Yes, I said a joy in reference to buying or leasing a vehicle. Instead of walking into a car dealership lot and facing a horde of vultures waiting for you, you are invited into a calm, friendly office where you will be asked things like, what have you been driving? What are you looking for? What is your budget? That's when the car buying or leasing experience changes into an easy educational experience. RC Auto is not a typical car or truck dealership, so they have the advantage of seeking different brands like Toyota, Lexus, Subaru, and more from a broad selection from sources that you never have to visit or arm wrestle a salesperson for. The joy is not being sold, but educated into the right decision for you. For your next vehicle, go to RC Auto, where it's more than just an exchange of keys. It's a relationship. Make an appointment today at meandmyrc.com. So, uh, by the way, before we get too far from uh, talking about some of the programs that uh, Phoenix Rescue Mission has had, I, w- I had the honor of emceeing the last uh, Arise Breakfast, and it was it was quite an event. It's a good, uh, good fundraising event it is. And, and a lot of good music and fun. So um, so back to the re- reopening, uh, very large. But in the middle of all this, you have a construction project going we do. on. You're building a brand new building. We do. We've, we started a capital campaign uh, going on almost two years ago. And we've started construction. We're vertical. It, the new building is going to be located right next to the existing Men's Center over on 35th Ave and Buckeye. And we're in the middle of a construction project. And during all this, the pandemic hit. Uh, we're continuing to fundraise for it. When we do complete the building, we will have capacity for twice as many men oh, yeah. as we do today. Nice. We'll have state-of-the-art spaces for them. Uh, in both the Men's and Women's Center, we offer vocational training. We offer education to help some of these folks get a GED. We also offer ministry training because some people decide to get on a ministry track. So we help them do that. We also have a vocational program where once you get to a certain point in the program, we allow you to join our team out in the street, for example, as we do street outreach and, and go out and reach the homeless where they are, make sure they know about us, see if they need anything. We have a lot of gear in the vans. Um, we have hygiene kits. We have water. We, we have started a sack lunch program up again during wow. the pandemic because so many people living on the street are choosing to self-distance. They're not going to communal that's amazing meals so they choose to stay away from large groups of people we used our mission possible cafe because we weren't open to the public we used it as a kitchen to create 100 sack lunches every day and we deliver those out to the homeless as well so we allow people in the program to do that and and in case our listeners don't know there's a very nice restaurant there called mission possible and it's a full-service restaurant, it is. right? Yeah. We're open for breakfast and lunch, and it's a vocational training opportunity. Yeah. People who are in our program learn how to work in a restaurant environment. More importantly, they learn life skills that they really either 
had never been exposed to or through addiction or, or through where their life is in the moment, they simply have let those life skills go. Yeah. So it, it's it's a, a great way for people to get back on their feet. And we, we have terrific food. So again, open for breakfast and lunch. Is that it's, back open now? Or it, it's not. We're slowly, looking. We're, slowly, we think yeah. we're, because we're open for breakfast yeah. and lunch. We're and we're so dependent on the crowd in close proximity to the restaurant. Yes, those businesses really haven't reopened yet. Yes. So we're taking our time and we're doing a lot of work and renovation in the restaurant. But we will open shortly, certainly sometime this summer. Yeah, you know, having never. In our lifetime, seeing the country go through, not not just the United States, the whole world is going through the same issues. Uh, it's hard to fathom. How they're, they're making up the rules as they go, they being whoever they are, the from the president on down to governors and Correct. mayors of cities. And um, and God bless them. I just I wouldn't want that job right now. <laughs> I I agree. In our own way, we find yeah. ourselves doing that, too. Yeah. Um, and, and anyone who's part of an organization, really any kind of an organization today, um, especially if you're in a position or you're on a team where you're responsible for the decisions, we find ourselves making decisions in the moment and on the fly. But it, it has really strengthened our flexibility yeah. muscles as leaders of an organization. So our audience has probably already figured out you have a men's campus at 35th Avenue and Buckeye right in that area. Correct. And the women's campus is at 15th Avenue in Van Buren. Right next to the Mission Possible Cafe. Is it difficult to manage both locations or you, you have directors on campuses and and leadership? We do. We We have staff that are located at each campus, but then we also have staff that visit both. So, you know, we have some clinicians and we have others who work out of both campuses. So, no, it's really not. It's just we, we consider ourselves a multi, you know, a multi-facility organization and we just hop in our cars and go where we need to go. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, you've told us how, how the uh, COVID has, has had its impact and that's emptying the campus pretty much. And uh, and now you're back to trying to refuel um, and bring things back slowly, uh, kind of a rollout situation, I would think, right? Very slow rollout. And th- when we did close the campuses because of the pandemic, we lost very, very few existing clients. And the, the, only, the great majority of the ones that did leave campus graduated out of the program. So at the Women's Center... I don't think someone left the campus until, boy, about two weeks ago now because they graduated out. So even though we weren't allowing new clients in, we also weren't losing a lot of clients during the pandemic, which was terrific. Right. So uh, you were built for this. You've been CEO many a few times before this and and with uh, a large um, nonprofits with ALS. Uh, by the way, looking at your bio, I, one thing caught my eye. I, I I had to know when I saw Chicagoland. I'm not surprised. I, I was going to ask White Sox or, or Cubs. You answered that question in your in your bio, Cubs and Bears. Absolutely. But then you said, oh, I'm also becoming a fan of Diamondbacks and Cardinals. I am. I really am. <laughs> yeah, I'm, as long as they're not playing the Cubs or the Bears, I, I, <laughs> I always root for the Diamondbacks and and the Cardinals. But now, boy, I uh, I 
I had no choice when I was born. I was born a Cub fan. <laughs> Absolutely. So. I have seen a lot of friends in it's Chicago. It's in your DNA. Uh, I, it's hardcore. I was brought up in North Northeast Ohio, and unfortunately for me, I'm a Browns fan. So <laughs> what can I say? Oh, you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> I am that one. And I have a uh, – no, let's not go into that. I have some paraphernalia that will come out someday <laughs> for the Browns. Exactly. It's waiting for decades and decades. But um, – so back to back to this. I, I I'm just uh, this program is all about changing and saving lives. Talk about that. In what way? In what great ways are you changing and saving lives on those two campuses? It re- it begins with giving people an opportunity to know Christ. That that's really the foundation our campuses are built on. And many people who come to the campus don't have a relationship with Christ. Maybe had one at one point in their lives. Um, and have somehow lost it. So really everything we do is based on that. We introduce people to the fact that Christ loves them. They can do all things through Christ, and arguably every component of what we do at the campuses has is built on that foundation. So that that's really, I think, the most life-changing thing that people get out of being in the program. I have met so many people and have heard so many testimonials about how Lives have completely changed because these people have not only given their lives up to Christ, but are now so deeply committed to help others do the same. Nice. Um, I, 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 I think, and you have short-term and long-term programs, I think you mentioned earlier in this conversation. So uh, I've witnessed a couple of their graduation ceremonies, yes. and, and there's one that always sticks with me. This this uh, man, I'm going to say middle-aged, I'm not sure how old, I'm not going to put an age on it, walking across the stage to get his certificate or whatever that was and say a few words. He had been in prison for like, I'm going to say 25 years, came out, now he's in a world, has no idea how to operate a computer, right. has no skills but you have those labs for them, don't you? We do. We we have a tremendous facility with labs like that. We teach computer skills, and then within the computer skills, we teach software skills. Mm-hmm. So people learn Microsoft Office. They learn things to make them highly functional in the workplace. And as I said earlier, when people come into the campus and they don't even have their high school degree, we have a program where they can get their GED and they can even go so far as to get their high school diploma. We have great certification programs. So again, we're, I think the best way to describe us is we're not a handout, we're a hand up. I like that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we are a uh, for lack of a better way to say it, a soup to nuts <laughs> yeah. opportunity for yeah. the folks we serve. Yeah. Um, incidentally, I remember when Mission Possible was a was a restaurant right across the street from our state legislature, and it used to be if you ever wanted to find one of the members for lunch or something, you, that's where you'd find them. It used to be called a Oaxaca. I've and, heard those stories, <laughs> but, but I will tell you, right before the pandemic hit, our business was on a significant uprise. And Mission Possible became that kind of place as well. <laughs> I would see many state legislator, yeah. later, le- legislators in the building. I'd see the sheriff. I'd see so many people from the Capitol. It, we, I think we'd become their new hotspot. Well, you're right across the street. Exactly. <laughs> and it's really good. And it's really good. Really good. 
And um, uh, the cookies are a feature, right? Oh, our cookie ministry. Yeah, if you uh, don't know about our cookie ministry, please go to phoenixrescuemission.com. I think we are the best kept secret, not only in the Valley, but in the country. We have a cookie ministry where every day we bake fresh cookies, and we can ship them anywhere in the world. And the beautiful part about the cookie ministry is every... I'm putting finger quotes up, (laughs) dollar it makes goes into the programs that we offer to the people in our community. So being a nonprofit, we're taking, you know, the the funds that we make through the cookie ministry and putting them right back into the programs. Really? All over the world? If they they come to you and make a request. If they accept mail or FedEx, we can get them cookies. Absolutely. Um, and, and this time of year, of course, we're facing really high temperatures now where it's that time of summer, still May, but we're coming into that, that time. We're already seeing the, uh, 108, 109, maybe even 110 this weekend, but you have a water ministry as well right now, right? We do. It's called Code Red. This is our eighth year and it usually, it kicks off right around that first day of May and it's predominantly a water drive. Excuse me. And churches especially band together and they collect water and provide water to us. This year is very different. A lot of churches are still not meeting in person. So we've reinvented Code Red. We've made it more of an online opportunity. So we've created a new online platform where people and churches can set up a donation page so that not only can you donate water and arrange to have it dropped off at our warehouse, but you can also raise funds that we will then use to purchase water and other things for our Code Red ministry. And so far, it's going very strong, and we truly thought we would see a significant downturn in it. But it's because we reimagined it that we're able to be successful with it. Ken, we're in our last minute of the program. It's gone by so fast. It has. (laughs) uh, But I I ask this of all of my guests. uh, COVID is, is creating... Uh, stories from everyone around the world. What, what, what's your story going to be after COVID? After COVID, um, professionally, my story would be that we lear- learned how vitally important communication is. And I don't mean communication simply saying things and sending things yeah. out, but it's truly the art of understanding. And nice. I think our communication skills have significantly improved. Ken, this has been awesome. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Art. Thank you so much. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Sponsored by RC Auto, where it's not just an exchange of keys, it's a relationship.